0: This is Jane Hardwick Collins, founder of the School of Shamanic Womancraft. Connecting to our inner dimensions. Inner reviews of transformation. When and how my life changed. Rewilding women with their stories of growth and transformation. Reclaiming feminine knowledge and power. Thank you for joining us. This is important and deep, serious work.
1: So welcome to the podcast series. I am Ayla Myra. Your podcast host and story guide. Welcome to episode 22 of the Woman Craft Podcast, and we are joined with Eleanor. Um, Eleanor is a passionate midwife, eco-textile artist, budding researcher and feminist permaculture educator. We have a beautiful chat together and really looking forward to sharing this with you. And one thing I just wanted to say is that the vision quest that I spoke about in the podcast is actually a wilderness solo. Um, I said that a few times, I was like, vision quest, vision quest, it's wilderness solo. So yeah, enjoy. Um, it's a really good perspective on an eight seasons journey which spans over the two years or two seasons. Hello Eleanor, welcome to the Woman Craft Podcast, um, it's a where I am and it's a beautiful sunny day here and really looking forward to connecting with you because um, again as with Gillian we journeyed together on the eight seasons journey uh, from 2018 so yeah
2: big welcome to you. Oh, thanks for having me, Ayla. It's lovely to talk to you.
1: Mm. And you're joining us from the Sunshine Coast, is that right?
2: Yeah. Um, so I live up on Cubby Cubby Country on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland and um, where I am at is also beautifully sunny and spring And I'm just looking out at all my my big, beautiful garden. It's, uh, yeah, perfect, perfect setting for a conversation today.
1: Mm, Lovely. So I always like to start it off and, you know, I would love you to tap back into the calling. And um, so like we did, um, we did an eight seasons journey, which spans over the two years or the two Um, The seasons will go over the two years. Um, So it's a different, in a way, to the four seasons. Um, Some say it can allow more time for integration and processes and connection and um, so, yeah, so I just really love to feel into that moment of what called you into the journey.
2: Ah, yeah, okay, well, um I think I'd been pondering doing the journey for a few years. I met uh, Jane um, down in Byron Bay when she was um, presenting. Well, I'm not sure if she was presenting, but she had a stall at the uh, midwifery today conference, and um, I was contemplating my midwifery and all these kinds of things at the time. And she was like, "Oh, you know, come and come and do this with us." <laughs> at it wasn't like the best timing at that point, but um, a couple of years later, I had a couple of friends who were also doing the four seasons journey, and I was beginning my um, bachelor of midwifery then, and I thought, okay, it's it's time to get involved in this in order to, I don't know, kind of flesh out and fill and anchor my midwifery studies, which were incredibly like technocratic and um, medicalized, so. I, my calling was, it was like I can't, it came to me as such, like I couldn't not do it and I had to find a way financially or, you know, all of the logistics, they just needed to kind of, um, they fit, you know. Um, and I just I just knew, and I know it sounds really esoterical, but I was actually um, out camping, and I had this big, beautiful, white, um, like, barn owl come down <laughs> and land right near me, near my tent at the time that I was pondering whether I should try and make this happen amongst the midwifery study. And then it was just like, okay, yeah, there's a sign I'm doing this.
1: Oh, beautiful. And so you just knew from that moment that, like, that was the pull to call you in to this work into this service.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can I had already done a lot of studies um with Wapio from The Matrona and she also has a little link with Jane as well. So there were just like so many intersections that were kind of adding up to this is the next um inspired thing to do in a way of giving me this grounding that I really sorely needed um during my time in in the um yeah, the system of studying midwifery. So Yeah, that was the calling, yep. Mm -hmm.
1: So can I ask you what your calling was for midwifery as well and see how, feel into how that intertwines with each other in the the school's
2: work? Mm, Yeah, so I knew of the school, um, like other women have talked about on the podcast about it being um, originally called the School of Shamanic Midwifery. Um, And I had actually had a look at it then, looked at the course and such, but had chosen to go with the Matrona. I was actually looking for like a holistic kind of midwifery um, learning, I think, at that time. And then my journey as such, you know, led me into going into um, becoming registered and that sort of thing. And it was also, I guess, the original midwifery calling was – it was also very much like the, the the journey's calling of like I can't not do it. It's not going to let me go. Um, so this is happening. It's sort of one of those things. It doesn't let you go. It keeps sort of hassling you. <laughs> and um, yeah, mm. you, you know, you know that you've got to be, you've got to show up for that one. Yeah.
1: Mm. Beautiful. So, how was it? Uh, arriving or the lead up to your first gathering, you know, what was arising at that time, you know, coming and stepping into space?
2: Oh, (laughs) it was some... I think similar for a lot of a lot of us women who show up to doing that. There's a certain awareness that this is this is quite big. Like even if you don't quite know, you just know that something transformational is happening or about to happen, or there's potential for it. I think my opening gathering, I probably did a whole lot of like, I'm not going. No, <laughs> I'm not spiritual enough. This isn't going to work. You know, I'm not. I'm not woo enough. You know. Um, And and yeah, how's it going to be like sitting in a circle with all these women and how am I going to feel and, uh, you know, how am I even going to articulate in circle, you know, it's just a, you get a lot of little things coming through your head. It's almost like getting to the first gathering is a big thing in itself, you know, all the little roadblocks that your mind or life might throw up at you um, on the way and yeah, I, I don't know, like the feeling of, of getting there is still like etched in my mind. I did my journey with Tallulah and I, I remember her floating floating out, you know, and embracing me and welcoming me and it feeling really, really lovely. So, yeah, it was a new and kind of shaky position but really I just knew I had to do it. I had to grow and I also it really – It was quite evident that I had spent a lot of my life working with women, you know, in a certain very um, set-up role, but this was going to be different, like this was going to be sitting with women again, but without those roles, without those hats on, you know, very much like, okay, (laughs) we're equal here, we're all, you know, teaching each other, we're all learning from each other. So that was a different perspective on how to be with women for me.
1: Yeah, and... So where
2: were you at in your midwifery studies at that point? Um, I had – I think I had just started the year before and I had been part-time at that point and then I was like, okay, I'm I'm going full-time into this. And I did choose the um, Eight Seasons journey because I really wanted to have that two-year spaced-out approach. I, I liked the spaciousness in between. And the way it worked with, you know, being on call and studying and that sort of thing. So I'd gone full time into my study and I was like needing to, yeah, I think really find that, that backbone, that container, a kind of holding for myself as I went through, yeah, the degree um, and really threw myself into it. So, yeah, I was really attacking that degree (laughs) at that time. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Yeah,
1: and so, you know, just feeling into that process. So, you know, both journeys kind of rubbing up against each other and revealing things in their own unique way and (laughs) how um, just feeling into that school as well, like how did sitting in that space, that sacred circle with the other women um, help with something like or if someone chose to study something else um, how do you feel um, like you said that technocratic model like how do you feel like that kind of helped um, with the studies of midwifery that you were doing does that if that makes sense
2: yeah yeah that makes total sense and like I think you know in retrospect, I can honestly say that I would not have completed my midwifery degree without it. I really needed um, that parallel journey for me personally. Like I, I know that it might be different for others, but I felt as though particularly the clinical aspects of the midwifery degree were really, really challenging. And the school kind of allowed in circle and just being with women in a different approach, it allowed for that, like I could just come and be in that and, and be processing certain things and I was safe and I was loved and supported enough to kind of be really struggling with that or, you know, just, um, yeah, I don't know where to go with that except that I it was so It was so kind of profoundly, it was a foundation really and it filled out a lot of the more um, holistic things of, you know, what midwifing is, if that makes any sense at all. It's like this real, like you learn to midwife yourself through the school. Does that make sense, Ayla? (laughs) Yeah. And so did you find that when you stepped back
1: into your training for midwifery, that there was a lot of things illuminated that
2: you could look at in that system? Yeah, completely. Like I, I, in a way it's kind of like you're a bit split through the whole training because you're kind of being very sciencey and using evidence and research and you're um, learning how to speak that language. And like, fulfilling the eight season journey it's kind of like you're tapping into all these other things like the aspects of yourself you know maiden mother Margaret, crone and um you know even the things like your access sense which you you know is actually really quite profoundly useful in birth um in the birth space of being able to kind of work with different um energies beyond the unseen i guess you know yeah yeah
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think like one of the things, especially when you're midwifing yourself, you can see how if you don't go through that process, how like, you know, working with vulnerable people, you can project your own stuff essentially onto people. So, yeah, it's such a beautiful journey to really look at yourself and gently midwife
2: yourself through that. (laughs) Yeah, or perhaps not so. I mean, there are points in for me because it's very personal how the work uh, works you. Do you know what I mean? It's very individual, the journey. Like, yeah, there's an incredible framework, um, but it's it's more, it's, it sort of unfolds as it's meant to be for each woman in a really different way. And, you know, I had a few fairly um, challenging kind of experiences throughout the journey, Um, But, yeah, what it did teach me is like the whole concept of the hollow bone, you know, like going into midwifery with that whole sense of showing up, you know, without your baggage or story, being there, being whatever is required of you um, in in the birth for that woman, for that baby, that family, you know, you, yeah, being clear and and really unpacking like the reasons why you got into the work and, and why you are there, you know, yeah.
1: Mm, absolutely. That's a really good point. Um, you know, unpacking continually the reasons why you're there and why you're in this service. Um, yeah, I love that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's like a relationship, isn't it? It's always good to check in every so often and go, oh, hey, like, what's the reasons that we came together? Are they still the same reasons? Or Do we need to check in on stuff? Do we need to, like, you know, <laughs> debrief a few yeah. things?
2: <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's that. Yeah, it's kind of like the biggest kind of reflective practice there is, because <laughs> you're working like inner, you're doing the inner work and you're doing the outer work at the same time. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's really I like I'd really recommend it for uh, birth workers, student, and particularly student midwives, um, because it's just so. It just kind of fleshes out all that incredible stuff that we need to know when we're going to show up to the, you know, the birth altar for women and, you know, be with that space, which is, yeah, it's pretty, pretty massive. Mm.
1: Mm, absolutely. So tell me about like when you were on the journey, the, the eight seasons journey, um, I like to talk about, you know, some of the, the processes and so how was the drum making for you so that's one process that we all do uh, where we look at our own birth story and um you know use that weaving that into the making of the drum um how did that go for you
2: oh yeah (laughs) I knew you were going to ask me about the drum journey and it's so funny because um like I know a lot of like it's a big aspect of this this journey but for me like it was a bit of a slow burn um a bit of a like slow falling in love with the drum because I think like that's the the beginning (laughs) gathering and um so you're kind of working with all of these you know arising thoughts and I still remember that space of coming in and looking at all of the hides like the skins on the floor and just being like really like wow okay, I'm going to do this creative thing. And at the time, I really didn't think I was quite very, well, very creative at all. I um, didn't see myself as that sort of person. Like I found myself to be like quite analytical and very uh, grounded in, in you know, the real, well, what I thought was the real kind of world, <laughs> you know. And um, so when it came to making my drum, I was a bit like, Uh, I kind of I didn't enjoy the process so much like I really kind of struggled through it and I had a lot of like what the fuck am I doing here this is mad kind of (laughs) feelings um and yeah like just kind of that was because it's a it's a two kind of day well it's a whole weekend process so you know there lots of going on throughout the different times but The night that we cut it all out and and set it to soak and such I remember going to bed and just having like lots of like crazy sweaty dreams and thinking lots of you know mad thoughts and then the next day it was like yeah I could feel my birth my birth story coming through quite strongly and that you know I have a real struggle with um transitions and you know I like to just kind of have a bit of a whinge and want to quit kind of thing and yeah, so I could really feel that coming up for me of like, okay, this is like, you know, a transition again. <laughs> but um, I got through <laughs> and I, you know, I didn't love her originally. And I think it's really important to kind of speak that because it's kind of like that funny thing when we, we – that's not often talked about with women of like, sometimes it is an all consuming, mad, passionate love with our babies when they're born, you know, like sometimes it, it takes a little bit of time. And I saw the birth of my drum very similar to that kind of feeling of like, okay, you know, I made you and I'm going to fall in love with you slowly, if that makes, you know, some sense at all. Mm,
1: absolutely, yeah, and definitely worth honoring that feeling. And you know, to all the, um, especially the mamas out there, that yeah, it's not like always designed that straight away you're just meant to fall in love because that's what the fairy tale tells us, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> and so, you know, feeling feeling into because you know it's over two seasons so it's two years and how you know how did you feel like integrating especially your midwifery studies and life in between those journeys um over that time went for you
2: Mm. yeah okay so integrating you know it was it was challenging my um Yeah, I'm seeing a theme there actually of just like, you know, it was a bit hard and fast. The degree was hard and fast and I had a lot of, you know, really wild um, midwifery experiences in that, you know, I almost experienced every complication known during that time in my training, which is really weird and odd and sometimes my dear friends and you know, uh, midwifery educator mates are just like, (laughs) we can't believe that you copped all of that. Like you were with all of these really wild once in a uh, career midwifery obstetric complications. So a lot of the time I was kind of, you know, uh, white knuckling my way through that degree and then integrating all of that self stuff as well. So, you know, I just kind of felt like I went quite hard, which, and that taught me, a lot about, you know, what you call in and, and the intention, you know, the whole, um, I think Tallulah said to us the whole word dispels thing. And I think, you know, I've, I've learned a little bit more about gentleness and how slow and steady is actually okay. <laughs> you know, like it takes as long as it takes these kinds of journeys, you, you really can't rush the river. So yeah, integrating, I feel is like you know, it had a lot of space in it, the two years, but also you continue to integrate even far beyond the closing gathering. You know, you, uh, well, I do. I still look back on um, all, of, all of that journey like a, a massive birth of myself, actually. It's sort of like a, yeah, well, it is a, a constructed rite of passage. And um, I look at it in a way that it's like, Obviously, going to, to it taught me so much about how to live my life from here, you know. Yeah, yeah. So the integrations continue, and even now, when I feel a bit like I don't know, bereft of um, the path, or a bit off track, or a bit wobbly, I will often return to uh, the realizations or, or whatever came up for me during the um, wilderness solo. So I'll return to that and go, okay, well, what did, what did that teach me about where I'm going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me about the Wilderness Solo and
1: <laughs> what that taught you and how that process was for you as well?
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> you were there, <laughs> you know. It was, yep. yeah, it, it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't easy. Um, yeah. So yeah it was big it was really big I mean you know I had two really really dear witch mates who were doing the four seasons journey alongside and they had kind of spoken a little bit about you know their their vision quest or their their wilderness solo and um it sounded quite peaceful (laughs) for them and um Yeah. So I was kind of thinking, oh, well, you know, maybe that'll be how it is. I guess you go out and you just do not know how it's going to go. But once again, you know that something's going to happen. You know, there's, there's an anticipation and I just, yeah, it was, it was really full on. Like I did so much growing and healing in that three days out and just the 10 days, like with everybody but the three days out alone you know it's massive it was massive and I had a really um, physical response to the emotional I guess and um, had like a like a kind of like a purging kind of experience where I was just really really sick you know for quite a bit of the, um, the time out on solo and you know, once again, it was that story, that that creative process, that birth story of um, struggling with transition. You know, like I really had to midwife myself. Like I had to midwife myself so strongly through the physical um, sensations of feeling really like vomitous and really sick, and even getting to the point of like, okay, I'm going to have to call back. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to go back because this is kind of, you know getting a bit close to the line of comfort not unsafe but you know just physically looking at my boundary and my I don't know my threshold there but just having you know like a dark night of the soul um on the second night and just really kind of telling myself that I could get through it and that you know I was really strong like I was actually stronger than I even thought I was and um so, yeah, wilderness solar was massive. I like by the third night I was I, it was pretty psychedelic. <laughs> it was pretty nuts um, but wonderful and yeah, really just sort of calling forth and you know waiting and watching and feeling everything because you become quite well for me I everything I felt really empty i I kind of became that hollow bone, that real vessel for whatever was going to come. Through me and yeah, I I really felt like I was being born again as a new, a new woman, really. And that third night, hearing everybody, you know, the sound of the women drumming, you know, calling up their visions and calling up that big magic. It, it's just I have shivers even now just thinking about that and about all of us on that land, you know, weaving an incredibly dynamic webbed together and being held and anchored from base camp it's it's just such a brilliant thing to do even though it's so challenging for some as it was for me and yeah I think it's important to kind of voice that sometimes it's not all kind of uh, yoga in the sun and little birds and butterflies like sometimes it's like a deep full-on soul retrieval which is really what I feel as though was happening for me now yeah Yeah, well, how, how,
1: you know, being a midwife, um, how does that sort of feel into with serving people in birth, going through that experience now, like, you know, you experience the experience of birth, right, um, whatever it's showing up for you, and how do you feel going through that process um, in your service to women now at the birth altar?
2: Mm, well, it actually really informs me and you know now that I'm speaking to you I can you know it's a really great process to even be doing this podcast because it helps you kind of weave together a little bit of um, that process and and how it's showing up now like a couple of years later. But for me, I think looking at that that whole uh, really intense physical sensation and and knowing that at the the biggest, peak of it all it was a real it was a transition you know very akin to like what we may see in labor you know that really point of I can't I don't think I'm going to be able to when women say I I can't keep going or um I don't want to do this anymore like I really felt that that feeling in in my wilderness solo and and funnily enough that's what's come through for me in my life as well like that's my how I do creative process so when I show up with women, it's like, oh, I I get, I do get that, um, that space, like I I know how to be with that space of um, just anchoring in with women and whole, not containing because there's no need for that or fixing, but just being with really strong energy and, and really strong kind of physical sensation and, and maybe just the, the dissolution of self I suppose and it's interesting now because in my field like in my career in my um, midwifery I'm now more moving into an academic space of researching women's experiences of transition so it's pretty uncanny how it all fits together really yeah
1: oh absolutely because yeah I was just about to kind of feel into that a bit more in the midwifery model or around you know what they call what we call transition so if you're so tell me a bit more about the research then because that sounds really amazing to actually look at that a bit deeper um as you know as something of you know a, a merit of of a letting go mm-hmm. of um you know heard and there's so much into that word transition in labor isn't it
2: yeah yeah it's a real um space of kind of i'm really attracted to it (laughs) and have been so since well the journey like the eight seasons journey of like understanding my my um story there and then like i guess in my training what i noticed is that often when women are in this um you know state phase that we think is transition um we, you know, midwives can try and fix it, you know. It might be that stage where they, you know, are offering different ways of um, distraction or um, pain relief or how about you do this position or how about this or that. And so I have sort of observed that maybe we, we might not be kind of, I don't know, maybe courting transition as well as we could be. And even if it's a thing, like that's what my research is, is we're, you know, exploring whether it's actually in existence, you know, at all, or if it's just a thing that we midwives have made up, you know, does it actually happen and what's the purpose of it? And maybe, maybe it's really necessary for that complete, you know, dissolving and coming through and becoming mother, if that makes some sense. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You are listening to the School of Shamanic Womancraft podcast series with Ayla Myra.
0: Subscribe to our podcast via iTunes and all good podcast players.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like that's really intriguing like where do you do you even know where the term coined itself from like where did transition come from in people observing women
2: in labor like who made that up yeah exactly I'm, I'm still looking I'm still trying to find the um the root of that to be honest with you because like the reality is is um what's out there in in the coven like the current research body is is not really reflecting women's experiences anyway. I mean, there's amazing research by Dixon and obviously Rachel Reed, who was has also gone through this journey too, um, the, eight, the the Four Seasons journey. But, you know, they have amazing research around how women are not describing their labours and births as um, stage, within a stage-based discourse. Like it's really not, you know, first, second, third stage. It's, that's not how we... Approach it. So, I'm wondering if the transition is actually, I don't know, like something totally. I think we just actually need to get more of women's stories out there so that the research is really reflecting what women are experiencing in physiological labour and birth. Right now, we don't have too much of that, which is, you know, really quite amazing considering we're supposed to be, um, you know, running from a, a woman centered approach. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm still looking as to where we where we actually decided this was a thing. And when you look at what transition is, it can be anything from, you know, psychological aspects to, you know, physiological aspects, you know, of the real physical symptoms, you know, chattering teeth, shaking, adrenaline, all these kinds of things. But yeah, I think what we need to do is is listen to women when we need to understand it from from their perspectives, which is um the research project. It's just an honours research project but it's a qualitative project that I'm working on now, yeah. So are you doing that, like getting
1: stories from the women around this or how are you um, like looking into that?
2: Yeah, well, at the moment um, I'm just in the phase of – you know, writing the proposal. And so, yeah, the proposal will be largely all centred around women's narratives. It will be speaking to women and asking them all about their birth and their story and what their experience was of transition or if they even had one. You know, we might find that it isn't a thing, (laughs) although I dare say I think it is. Um, But, yeah, the only – we'll basically be acquiring – stories of women and that really excites me I feel really really yeah um passionate about you know exploring those those journeys that women take yeah so it's a collection of um of stories and then looking at what those common elements and themes are from from the experience of a physiological labor yeah that excites
1: me too I know excited to be (laughs) Like looking into that, I, I, I can imagine how you know because you trained um, on the midwifery model of what we know now. Um, and so, how do you feel? So, you, you're going to have do you have to drop your perceptions when you're questioning around? You know, like you said, you know, th- if the imprints that you've been given of a woman goes through three, four stages of labor, and like you know, all of those things that you've been taught. It, essentially you're going to have to shed it all um in that question line of questions does that make sense
2: <laughs> yeah it makes heaps of sense and yeah you have to and particularly if you're you know working with qualitative um research which is you know how people make sense of their world world their lived experiences yeah you do have to have a certain degree of like reflexivity and awareness of you know your own story and what you bring to um you know, the actual research, but you're still, you're still sort of, yeah, you are embedded like it or not. So it's this really, you know, it's a bit of a dance, I think, um, and being, yeah, I guess the hollow bone once again, you know, coming in and going, okay, so, you know, let's, you know, I, I, I know nothing, <laughs> let's start from the the baseline. And it is my hope that I'll I'll be exploring this with women who have um, birthed without support of a registered practitioner because we just really want to see what the baseline is if if there is one of the transition phase without um, maybe the muddying of the waters with the midwifery or obstetric practice is that yeah yeah
1: yeah absolutely yeah yeah you mean like undisturbed birth in a sense that they've not even engaged with
2: what we
1: see now as midwifery practice in the mainstream model
2: yeah exactly I mean that's the that's the general hope for this project is you know because who knows where it will go from there you know it might be really nice to explore how midwives support or help or hinder um, that physiological process but at this point we really need to understand a little bit more about what it is what the phenomena, phenomena is and you know, whether it exists. So yeah, without without too much messing about. <laughs> yeah. Undisturbed birth is what we're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. I love
1: this so much. And do you feel like your journey with your time doing the um um the vision uh dreaming quest, vision quest. <laughs> got, got it right. <laughs> um feel like your time on the vision quest, um can reflect into that. Like, has that really inspired you? To like, I just think it's amazing. So I'm really excited for you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, definitely. My my experience through every process that we did um, has informed where I'm at now in terms of the the research that I do and um, the kind of you know hanging out in the marginal, the edge. Of, of of the system <laughs> and, um yeah, like it's absolutely entwined with everything, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, really, yeah, really looking forward to seeing what comes from that because I, I do feel like, yeah, you're tapping into some women's mysteries that might be, you know, vaulted up for a while and you're really nurturing that back out again because it's time, right, you know, and, and um it's time to look at this beautiful phase in a woman birthing at that, you know, w- what is it? Yeah, it's just amazing to even think about what that is because, I guess, like you said, when you were on the Vision Quest, you had that similar experience of transition, um, and just like relating that into our own birth stories or our own birth imprints and how we serve people in birth and noticing um, what patterns there are. It's 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 beautiful really that it's a it's a thing you know it's like a
2: shedding (laughs) absolutely and I for me I have a a pretty big drive in in that you know where are the women you know like in our you know what's happening in our maternity care is is just I I just struggle so much with the you know like even when I was doing a, a review of the literature and I was like okay so where's transition like where's Physiological, you know, labor from women's perspectives. Apart from a few studies, it's not there. And I'm just like so flabbergasted at that. You know, I think we need to bring women back in the center in a very real way. And the only way that we can do that is directly from, you know, them, from being with women in even in academia and finding a way to bring their voices and their stories and their marginalized experiences back onto the table and hopefully we can actually even um, influence a little bit of clinical practice there too
1: oh yes
2: hopefully <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and so when you going back to your um vision quest um so how did you find you know so you're in that transition moment how did you find that you midwifed yourself through that and how looking back on it now like you know how do you feel about it now looking like in retrospect
2: Mm, um I think yeah I'm really proud of myself I mean it's kind of like that it's like giving birth you know um when you when you if you've ever had a feeling of like doing it and having an incredibly profound and transformative experience which is oh, the blueprint and we hope for that for, for most women if that is possible I kind of felt really proud of myself for being for sticking with it and being able to say I, I did that you know I, I was I was strong where I didn't know I had strength and and even and that wasn't even just clinging on you know, white knuckling all the way through, it was even just, you know, laying down and surrendering into the absolute weakness of the body on Vision Quest. Um, Yeah, I really had to let go of everything, you know, I, I had to just be with that, you know, really, yeah, midwifing the physical sensation and the mental turmoil that comes with not being able to control anything. And that's really, you know, a big practice in life, you know, just being able to be with whatever arises. So that sounds like a bit of a ramble, but, yeah, I came out of that feeling like completely <laughs> weakened but awoken and rebuilt and coming, you know, back into base camp and just feeling very fried and very out of, out of very altered um, um, space, you know. Beautiful Judy Diana like wrapped me up and fed me hairs <laughs> for like hours, and just stayed with me and and mid midwifed me, cocooned me, you know, yeah, gave me a, a landing and a, a once again an anchoring, a grounding back into here we are, and um, you can bring your energy back in, you can pull your pieces back together, and you're safe, and um, and you did it. <laughs>
1: Mm, beautiful. <clears throat> just like birth, isn't it? We can birth so many parts of ourselves, you know, all the time without having to, you know, physically birth a baby. And that goes for men and women too, doesn't it? It's just so beautiful that we have the ability to do that, that
2: shedding process and renewing. and Yes, every every, you know, for women at least, I mean, every month, every moon phase it's and that is some of the stuff that you know you learn through the school is that you know real connection to you know the earth and to Gaia and the rhythms of yourself that are playing out you know in in your environment as well so you know that's such a a beautiful thing to learn through the school as well as just you know all of those cycles and the wisdom that can be held in that and then it's you know it's in all of us all of us you know yeah Mm. wouldn't it be great to see like
1: as you know kind of a part of learning midwifery in the academia sense like doing something like this (laughs) as part of the midwifery training I just think it'd be fantastic to see like the work of Mm. like the school just intertwined with like you know one of your units is like you have to go through a whole four seasons journey or (laughs) (laughs) something so that would be great
2: (laughs) yeah well we're lucky, you know, up here on the coast. Our local uni has a couple of um, graduates from the school working within it. So yeah, you will find that there's quite a bit of her story and um, magic woven into, into that didactic knowledge. Like it's, you know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Not a whole journey, but yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it's a start, right? <laughs> the start of the journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, even to say, you know, you guys are doing some really beautiful um, midwife circles up there, is that right, um, for supporting students? And...
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the – oh, you've interviewed her, Jessie. Jessie Cash, she has been doing circles um, up here for a while as part of the midwifery degree and, yeah, they were they were also really instrumental for me um, in completing my degree. Like, yeah, absolutely wonderful to just month, every month show up and go, oh, this is what's happening and be able to debrief and um, cry, <laughs> you know, or be angry or, you know, just be with all of the uh, emotional load that comes with being within um, that in, that sort of system we're learning how to be with it. Yeah, so we're very lucky on that level to have some really beautiful mermaids up here doing doing some work with the the coming midwives. Yeah. And do you still um, go
1: to those circles, like with or with what you're doing now, or are you going like diving into the research?
2: Yeah. Um, well, no, not so much. I mean, you know, with all of the interesting times that we're having, it's a little bit different, but um, yeah, I'm finding myself more on a bit of a solo journey, to be honest, now. The research um, and the work that I do, like on the ground with midwifery is, is, is fairly removed, um, and I guess that's exactly as it needs to be at this point in time. Yeah, so I, I work a little bit as a second midwife in home birth and generally am just working really um, straight up with that research project at the moment. So I haven't really been to too many student circles, but, yeah, I do talk to a lot of students still. Yeah, it's been – it's wonderful to try and weave, weave it all together.
1: Yeah, and, you know, just so important that they've got you, I guess, and many other – like women as a mentor um, because it can get, you know, speaking from my own experience as a student, I've talked to you a lot of times about this, it can get pretty isolating and lonely and when you're in that dark place it's not good, you know, like you can really switch into a shut down space and then you just start thinking everything's normal, what you're seeing and witnessing and um, you really got to keep opening up to each other and holding each other and supporting each other through that system especially Um, so we all don't shut down Mm. and just normalise what's going on.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, agreed. I think solidarity is a massive thing and, and, you know, being with the students, you know, in the circle and we also um, made a really a great kind of midwifery society through our uni. It really helped, I think, build that sense of, I guess, sisterhood, you know. I, th- I feel that that's really needed in this work and w- we do need to come together and, and honour each other, you know, where we do different kind of approaches and roles and such in the world of birth. It's, it's just, you know, we just need to support each other and I think, yeah, you know, working with circle and working with the school has really, I guess, Im- embedded that in me now. Of like, you know, you just you just got to be with with your sisters on some level. You know, you have to you have to do that because like we could really change things if even just a small percentage of um, midwives kind of felt seen and heard and supported. I feel within the system, but you know, that's another podcast. <laughs> Yep,
1: <laughs> absolutely. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it, it's amazing. Um, uh, like Rachel's new podcast, The Midwife's Cauldron, is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, having more and more stories being share, shared and held and heard and um, just enough to keep awakening those parts in us that, it's like, no, this isn't okay. Like for in, you know, how we are and how this is. And it's not like we have to go into it with anger and, you know, like the anger gets held in safety, but we, we can, you know, go into it where we're in full service at our full capacity. Um, and just reclaiming all those parts gently again. Um, so that, you know, that birthing mother is, you know, fully seen and heard and held and, um, yeah, like I really just like how you said before, like yeah, why are we basing her outcomes on three stage, uh, the four stages of labor? Like, what, what, where did that come from? You know, it's like, oh yeah, like you just get used to things so much that you're like, oh
2: yeah, what is that? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. I mean, yeah, it's it's challenging. I mean, we just we need to kind of be creating a bit of a a new paradigm or a new story, you know, that really has women at its heart and soul. Um, you know, I have hope. I think it's a big journey forward, but yeah. And I just think that I just think there's so many incredible, you know, birth workers out there, and everybody's got something to offer. And we're, we're, you know, most of us are doing the very best we can. That's another thing that I think is really important to honor it's like mm-hmm. you know most of us get into this cuz we really care about women and we love and respect them and you know it's just you know there's no us and them you know we we just need to do it together you know honoring each other mm-hmm. as you know from all spaces you know there's there's more than Rachel always says to me you know there's there's more than one way to midwife and I really feel that and yeah you can learn anything from anyone you know if you're open to it in this realm yeah Yeah, and it's really good
1: that I love that what you just said then um, from Rachel, because that's just a beautiful learning that I myself got from the school, like, you know, of of midwifing and midwifing myself. Um, Yeah, it was such a beautiful lesson about that. There's just so many ways in that space holding. Um, from listening to other people and deeply listening, and just creating a space where you know, even like for me, the life stories was, was like, wow, they like, it was so profound for me to, because I just love it, you know, like you know, I love like this is why I do these podcasts, right, with the birth stories, and I just I'm I find them so um, so entwined into that person, and to really deeply listen and to honour those stories is, yeah, it's amazing. And that's, again, like in birth and leading up to birth, if you're really seen and held and heard, um, that's, you know, it's indicative of how the outcome happens too. Like it's not whatever happens and needs extra support for that mother, um, if she's seen and held and heard, it's such a different feeling post that experience, you know, whatever happens, if she needs to, um, need extra support in
2: her birth, things like that. Yeah, I agree. I, it's, it's everything, isn't it? That birth story process or just life story process, our stories are everything, you know, and it's, it's fairly impossible to have, you know, to, yeah, I'm sure someone's already said it on this podcast, but to not fall a little bit in love with every, everyone that you, you know, listen to and, and know their story and, and, and feel that kind of—it's a, a massive gift to to listen to someone's life story, and so I think you know that part of um, the journey of how we tell our stories before we go out onto the land in solo is so ah oh, yeah, it's brilliant and amazing what comes out too. Like you know, you always think, oh well, I'll just you know, I'll. I'll say this story and it'll be <laughs> what I think. But then when you're sitting up there in the chair and you're talking about your life, it's incredible what actually comes out or doesn't come out. So, yeah, you just got to, what does Jane say? Just, like, trust the process, you know, like what is meant to come through in that story is, is the, right, the right stuff, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I found it really funny. Like I seemed to focus mine on, I think it was around the, teenage to early 20s and then um, (laughs) I felt like you know an older grandma that just wanted to keep talking and like telling tales and like when the you know the time was up to finish I was like oh there's all these other things and it's like oh well (laughs) like obviously I was just meant to talk about that phase of my life which I was like couldn't even remember how I could remember like those things that were coming up like how did I how I like I thought I you know, like through probably like, you know, that trauma side of thing when you just shut it out. It's like, oh, it all came up. Like there, it's still there. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> so, so random as <laughs> much. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think a lot of it was my heyday teenage stuff too. And I was like, oh, like really? Like that, you know.
2: <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh, that's so great. Yeah. <laughs> Those yeah. were the days.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I love to um, leave this podcast with words of wisdom. So, you know, anyone thinking about doing a four or eight seasons journey, Um what would you say to those people that are like, mm, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? What would you say to those people that are considering it? And um, I, you know, I know for me, I put a lot of blockages up around it before I fully was like, no, I feel this, and I, I'm doing it no matter what. Um, it was always there. I just kept putting ego blocks in my head. So anyway, that's a long-winded question to ask you. <laughs> what do you would you say to people considering?
2: Oh yeah, look, you know those blocks are always going to be there, you know. Um, but to do it, just to do it, you know, because you find a way, you actually, you know, you will find a creative way of making it happen. And and like anything that really speaks to your soul, for want of a better word, it won't it won't go away. Like it'll just kind of keep nipping at your heels, and you know, you you kind of like I just remember feeling like the mystery of it, of like, if I don't do this, I'm always going to wonder. Um, I'm always going to wonder. And, and yeah, it's just, it's an, it's an incredible journey to go into and really know even now with all of the women who have cycled through, they're just part of a really special, yeah, glad, I suppose, of women who have, you know, gone there and done the work it's not you know it doesn't mean that it's going to be completely easy or or even that hard it'll be what it will be like any other labor and birth um but yeah i just yeah if i could go back and do it again i i would you know but yeah i just think it's it's just good for any woman at all you know if you're if you're thinking about it you're on the fence just try and make it happen because you really won't regret it there's no way yeah
1: mm-hmm. thank you so much and i really appreciate you taking the space today to um, just impart um, that beautiful wisdom and yeah like really looking forward to hearing how your research goes i'd love to tune in with you um, on that, um, yeah, really intrigued. So yeah, thank you, big thank you to you.
2: Oh, thank you, either. It's been really nice to um, talk with you and, and share, yeah, a bit of a story. Thanks for having me.
0: For more information on today's inner review with photos and how to connect, head over to schoolofshamanicwomancraft.com forward slash media, forward slash podcast. Subscribe to our podcast via iTunes and all good podcast players. We are all in this together.